0: It's it's about relying on your ability to be courageous.
1: That is our guest for today, Jason Riley. I'm your host, Kirby Green. Hey, welcome back to the Sharpen Podcast. Uh, It's the podcast for young professionals excited to bring you the content for today. Uh, Jason joins us to talk about intentional talent development. I love that he talks to the entire audience. You may love your role. You may not love it so much. And you may be in between. And, and he provides some great insight and some great tips. Um, this felt like a VIP conversation. Um, an HR VP sat down with us um, and, and gave us a lot of really, really good wisdom. With that, I will turn it over. Uh, here's my interview with Jason Ratley. Sharpen listeners, welcome to our conversation today. We have a new friend to the podcast. Uh, first of all, Jason Riley, welcome to the Sharpen podcast.
0: Thank you very much. Pleasure being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for joining. This is going to be this is going to be great fun. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, learning more about you, what you're doing now, and uh, just some areas that we can learn from you. Um, and uh, with that, I, uh, I'd i love for you to share with us, uh, you know, who's Jason Riley? Tell us a little bit about, about your story. Maybe uh, if you want to share where you grew up and uh, and also um, anything that's just important to, to that story of, of who you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm trying to think of a, a good way to to keep this brief and bright. So, uh, born in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, um, was raised on the, uh, the West side of town. Um, uh, I'd, I'd say, uh, inner city, uh, would be the best way to, uh, to describe it. Um, I have five younger brothers. Uh, so if I'm 37. I have a, uh, I'd say from 37 to, to 16 and, and everything in between, um, um, mother and father and, um, Uh, If there's anything else that I would call out, uh, probably be the fact that um, just a a, a strong believer in the the importance of family, of course, uh, but also um, really trying to understand purpose. Um, We spend a lot of time talking about that, so um, I'd say that'd be the best way to briefly describe uh, a little bit about myself and kind of where I'm from and, and, and what's important to me.
1: I remember Jason, the first time we connected and you're talking about the importance of family, I could just hear that and the way you talked about your family and your, your siblings. It was so neat like you can you can pick up on someone's just the voice in which they they talk about that family. Uh, so tell us what you're doing now, uh, what work looks like for you and uh, and you know of course you're on the podcast for young professionals so as you think about that workspace, what you get really fired up about.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. And I think it's a smooth transition even from talking about uh, my brothers. Um, and, and we'll probably dig a little bit deeper into that as we uh, as we go a little bit further into the conversation. But um, I'm currently the vice president of HR, uh, specifically related to um, global talent for Allegiant, which is about a $2 billion manufacturing company oh. here in Carmel, uh, Carmel, Indiana. So when you think about uh, some of our products. When you leave a gymnasium, that bar uh, that you press uh, on a door—that's a Von Duprin exit device. That's one of mm-hmm. uh, the 20, 25 plus products that we have. Um, so, um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a, the big job that I have. And, and when I think about kind of the um, the core areas within 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 my space, I'd say global talent acquisition. Uh, we have learning and development, leadership development diversity and inclusion uh, engagement which is uh, something that's very important uh, from a total employee uh, population uh, uh, perspective um i'd say those are the uh, uh the big areas uh within within my space
1: yeah so cool uh and uh I know that you've had a variety of of experiences in and out of of your your current role that have that have shaped that. Um, so, you know, for today's conversation, we're going to talk about intentional talent development. And uh, Jason and I, and I, you know, we had emailed a couple of of conversations uh, about this, and I had told you, I said, "Hey, I think we just need to start." Defining talent because everyone that's a very subjective word as far as what the thought is and what that means And so would you just start with us there? Because I think that that's going to help us frame up the rest of the conversation today
0: you know, It's it's a good question and depending upon who you ask you might get, you know, a couple different uh, responses Sometimes people believe that talent would be a skill set that you bring uh, to the table and then, depending upon you know what crowds you're, you're you're running in, with regards to corporate uh, spaces and, and and HR communities, talent would simply just be stated as, you know, people. Um, the, the, I would say the most important uh, resource uh, of an organization. And so, uh, when I tend to think about talent, I uh, I really do stop uh, start and stop with um, the individuals that you're trying to attract to your organization, and, and ensuring that one, you do a good job of attracting the right person. Uh, two, you do a good job of uh, developing them. And then uh, last but not least, you make sure that they're engaged to ensure that they're giving um, as much discretionary value as uh, possible. And when I say discretionary value, I think people show up ready to play the game. Uh, but at the end of the day, we all have a little bit extra uh, to give, and it's up to uh, every individual to determine if they decide to, to hit that extra gear or not. And I think a big part of that decision process has to do with Uh, the extent that that people are engaged. So if you're disengaged or disenchanted, the likelihood of you, you know, deciding to hit that next gear probably, it's probably slim to none. So, um, yeah, I, I would probably describe it that way.
1: Oh, that's really good. And that's a really good self check there, Jason, too, as the, as the employee himself or herself, um, to ask those, those underlying questions there. Um, so let's let's go further into that. You know, you uh, you mentioned your role now, and I know that talent development is something for you, whether or not your title says that you are passionate about that from experiences that that you've had throughout your career and even just personally. Um, so I, I want to hear about some of those experiences and uh, and all the while as young professionals listening to this podcast, you know, your your role, your title. um, Lends itself to these types of conversations, right? So everybody thinks, oh, uh, intentional talent development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's someone in HR and it's their job to facilitate workshops. And, but no, I know you would say, and, and, and not that those are bad things, right? Uh, but, uh, t- let's talk about that too. So I, I went rapid fire on you there.
0: Um, <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. No, I, I think I got the gist of what you're, uh, what you're trying to get after and it's, it's an important conversation that i think more people people should have and so I'll, I'll just share a little bit about my story and really how you know i came from <laughs> it and computer science and and now have found myself I, pro- I would probably say at the opposite end of the spectrum with regards to you know a function so from global it you know over into uh the people space so uh i, I i'd say the best place to start would say i would say would be um, being recruited to a, a, a rather large organization um, to do computer science work, which was a, a phenomenal um, experience and decision uh, for myself. I was similar to a lot of individuals who come off campus and are recruited to, to go into a, an internship opportunity to start to hone and develop, uh, I'd say, technical prowess, uh, as well as start, starting to better understand what you want to be when you grow up. Um, my internship experience, like, like most, was, was phenomenal. I think organizations do a really good job of um, rolling out the red carpet and, and showing you the, the best side and the best face of, uh, of, of that particular entity, which is, which is important because ultimately you're trying to get young, uh, high potential talent to, to fall in love with your organization. But um, sometimes organizations drop the ball. Uh, when they start to think about, OK, where do we want this person to land from a, um, a full-time perspective? And what I would say is that while I loved that particular organization and I loved my uh, internship experience, uh, the, the first supervisor that I had, we didn't necessarily see eye to eye. And without getting into to too many details, uh, I found myself in a situation where um, my performance was not necessarily being um, assessed in a way that i thought was fair and accurate um i also found myself in a, in a in a situation where i wasn't necessarily being uh coached and uh developed in a way that i thought was um was uh i would just say you know fair as well uh and the only thing that i, I could compare it to was this phenomenal internship experience that that i had so um what i decided to do was start to ask questions around okay well you know to whom am i supposed to share this with and you know, how do I get things back on track? And um, long story short, I, f- I found myself, you know, engaging HR professionals within that that organization, and, and starting to better understand how to, you know, engage with my my supervisor and uh, figure out how to, you know, to, to to work through that. Which took maturity, it took courage, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I did that, and um, ended up getting a new supervisor, um, and 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 kind of uh, the rest was history after that. So things turned around pretty quickly. And and, I, and I'll tell you, Kirby, in that that entire exercise, I mean, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the organization. And the, the question that I kept asking myself was, while I'm, I'm very, or I was very interested and in, in attracted attracted to technology and, and the complexity, I was at that point by far and away more uh, intrigued by helping people understand how to uphold, you know, justice for for top talent. So had I not gone through kind of um, the process of better understanding how to navigate what I was experiencing, chances are I would have continued to, to have poor performance ratings and maybe would have found myself out, out of a job. And so I, I knew that I was talented. I knew that I needed to ask those questions. And I started to ask more questions. Well, what if people don't ask those questions. What if, what if they don't have the courage or the wherewithal to try to investigate how to course correct when you're not necessarily um, getting what you think you, what you should, should have from, from your supervisor. And from that point on, I I really became very interested in human resources and, um, you know, the, the, the rest is history. So I've, I've kind of been a a rogue IT professional gone HR uh, <laughs> since about 2009, I think, was when I, I made the transition. So from 01 to 2000, and I'm sorry, it was actually 2001 to 06, 2001 to 2006. And then since 2006, I, I haven't looked back. So
1: I, I love the call out there, Jason, because as I think about the audience of this podcast, uh, you mentioned that, that gap, right? You have that really glamorous internship experience and then maybe you start working with the company and it's like, oh, I didn't know I didn't <laughs> know it was gonna be like this and some of that is you know hashtag adulthood. The other yeah. bit I love that you called that out where it's like, hey, you can either leave, you can become bitter and sulk and say this is awful, but stay or. You could do what you talked about, and that was a become a leader as that young professional. Find the resources that you need, ask the good questions, and and as you called it, um, do some course correction and find find your space there or or elsewhere. I I love that call out because all of a sudden it's there's such a responsibility there as a young professional in uh, in those those key years, right?
0: Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head, Kirby. I mean, uh, there's, there's courage that comes into play with that scenario that I described. And then perhaps another conversation we can have is just around emotional intelligence, because I think it's very easy. And I even went through that point personally where it's like, you're, you're just frustrated. And, um, there's probably an opportunity for you to probably say not, you know, some not so nice things to the wrong individuals and that just further, you know, complicates things. And so, like I said, you learn a lot about yourself and you get to a point where it's like, OK, if I can figure this out, perhaps I can go about the business of, of, of one experimenting more in terms of my own development and intentionally developing myself and then two sharing sharing that with others. So that's really just been kind of my call to action for, I, I guess, the past you know, 12, 12 years or so.
1: Yeah. Jason, if you could share with us to, to whatever extent you want to, what were some of those questions or those conversations that you had? Cause I think that could be really practical and helpful for people that may be feeling those exact same things. Um, or Hey, maybe they're, they're like, I am, I'm really loving my role. I have great coaching. Um, And yet I still uh, I still want to engage really well um, in all areas of the company to continue to move in different roles and and uh, draw out our uh, continue to develop strengths. So so would you share with us maybe some of those conversations or questions just to whatever degree you want to?
0: So what I would say and I can recall, you know, coming off campus and you have your major and you, you think you have it figured out, I think to the extent that you can still have curiosity, you know, Hey, am I open to try other things uh, to better understand if it makes sense for me to pursue them or not? I think that's important, but where that can become the curse in terms of just the gift you could spend your, you know, spend your, your career, you know, investigating and trying new things and, you know, have a good time doing that. Well, if you're not really answering this next question that I'll ask, um, you can just find yourself, you know, it, it, enjoying different types of opportunities, but not arriving at your final destination.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so what what I got pretty serious about just based on the experience that I had was asking myself, you know, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, based based on the experiences that I, I was starting to have um, within the corporate environment. And you can start to answer that question a couple different ways. You befriend a network with a, a variety of individuals and it's like, Hey, you know what that person is doing seems to be right up my alley. And I want to spend some time asking them about, you know, what their job in, in, in entails, or you can start to have m- more meaningful mentor mentorship conversations with individuals to better understand your strengths and, uh, what roles and functions they would lend themselves to in order, in order to, um, um, continue to climb, uh, whatever, whatever ladder it is that you're, you're, you're trying to climb. And so this notion of a, a final destination is a uh, is is one that I regardless of the role that I've had, um, I've tried to help people better understand that because if we go back to our collegiate days, you know, you you arrive on campus thinking that your final destination will be your major. Well, I can remember being in college and you know, figuring out the courses that I needed to um that I needed to uh to to take on and pass. And then I can also remember being told to take classes that didn't necessarily apply to uh, my major and what that felt like, and so again, going back to understanding your final destination. Well, if you can pick that or two or three, very quickly you can understand what requisite experiences, uh, technical skills, um, leadership behaviors, or even future market considerations that you should start to develop today to plot a course for your final destination. And, and no, you won't get there in in, in a straight line fashion but at least you'll be heading down a path that is uh, more intentional versus more exploratory. So um, uh, another concept that I try to speak to leaders and and early career talent about is this notion of speed to preparation versus speed to promotion. So (laughs) there was a time where I was Mm -hmm. very interested in getting promoted as quickly as possible. And so it's like, hey, I just want the next opportunity, the next opportunity. Well, very quickly you start to understand, depending upon the job that you get, the one thing that's worse than um, perhaps not being selected for a promotion is actually getting a promotion, but you're not ready for the job. And so you have to Mm. also tell yourself, I need to touch as many bases as possible to ensure that once I arrive, I'm prepared to be successful. And so that's, that's another message that I think everyone needs to uh, continue to wrap their head around and, and challenge themselves to be patient uh, versus, um, you know, trying to ascend the ladder as quickly as possible, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. And without, without, uh, without doing this as far as a specific question, Jason, I get a lot of questions from listeners around, hey, what's some helpful career mapping tips and um, how can we think about this? How can we do this? And you just gave us like the roadmap for that. Like start here. Think about that pie in the sky. Think about, yes, you want unique opportunities, but you need uh, that speed. I love that speed to preparation versus speed to promotion, because then if all the focus is on the next promotion, um, I feel like the work at hand probably... Gets knocked off the table in the mm-hmm. role right here, right now, and then also the like actually really important stuff that needs to take place versus a a title or a certain office. So that's a really good reminder on on what to be doing. Um, you know, as you and I have have uh, been able to to get to know each other a little bit, as I think about intentional t- talent development, something that you've. And continue to do. But it's something that you've navigated and you shared some learnings with us today. But now a passion for you is passing that along to um, other other people in your network. Um, you have even shared, you know, your own brothers. And so can you just speak to that and what that's looked like for you? And what lit that fire of well, I don't just want to stop after having moved from IT to HR and really loving this place that I'm in. But what's that looking like for you? And, and what are you learning as far as even transferring that and sharing that with other people?
0: Yeah, what, I, what I'm what i learning, and it's um it's probably where I get the most um, pleasure when I think about my job and, and the conversations that I get to have with, with anyone, let alone my brothers, even though those are all very special uh, conversations, is that we're all the same when it comes to our desire to want to contribute and add value like everyone has made a decision that that's that's working that they want to be a part of an organization they want to contribute they want to add value they want to be recognized for that and so i think that's that's an important start but the other the other portion of that is just starting to better understand how you go about the business of doing that and ensuring that If you are adding value to an organization that, you know, there's reciprocity in that process. So what are you receiving as a benefit on the on the on the uh, the return uh, side of that? And so the conversations that I have, you know, people are, are typically frustrated with with where they are. So they want to move faster. They want more opportunities or they're happy with what's what's going on. But they want to better understand how to be more efficient as it relates to navigating corporate culture. And so regardless of either one of those uh, categories that you, that you fit in, you have to start with allowing that person to, and my, my team makes fun of me because I say this and, and uh, they, they give me um, a hard time about it, but you have to let someone empty their cup. So mm-hmm. before, before, before you go through the, the motions of providing solutions and answers to questions, you really do need to allow that individual an opportunity to, to share their story, talk about what they're experiencing articulate what they are after, describe what they believe to be their challenges and their barriers. And then once they've had an opportunity to do that, well, then I think you have permission to ask them if you can provide um, some thoughts to them that you know perhaps could help, help them out. And then the other thing that I try to do is just y- you help them understand that nothing and no one uh, uh, are actually perfect at all. And so whether you're dealing with a supervisor who doesn't seem to get it or you're working in an organization that you feel like is um, ignoring some of the hard work that you're, that you're doing, you know, you have to take all of those things into consideration and understand that you have a choice and you have a choice to be courageous. Um, you have a choice to be mature and you have a choice to, to show up in a different way. And uh, course correction is not easy. Um, in fact, if you think about behaviors that you're trying to, to change, those are behaviors that you probably have spent some time often years crafting and and creating and once you hit a roadblock and it's time for you to change that up, you know, that, 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 that's a, that's a negotiation. That's a real negotiation.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good reminder. um, So, so Jason, one thing, uh, one thing to you that, that, um, that I'd love to have you speak to today. Um, you know, you were sharing that in, in the world of a talent development and the roles that you had really passionate about diversity and inclusion. And as young professionals, what can that look like for, for our listeners today to, to be sure whatever, you know, a lot of us are not in an HR role, right? Mm-hmm. We're a, uh, we're the ones, if anybody's like me, I'm like, I'm like the low man on the totem pole sometimes as I say. <laughs> so <laughs> how can how can we advocate for that in, in what we're doing as far as intentional development of ourselves and other people? And 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 let me one thing I, I love that I hear you say in this whole conversation is it keeps going back to the person, right? That young professional, that employee. Um, we can't just constantly say that's someone else's job. To develop me, that is someone else's job. To foster diversity and inclusion, that's someone else someone else's job to do. Fill in the blank, right? And I feel like you keep bringing that up today, and I just really appreciate that. But but I'd love to I'd love to get your your thoughts on how we can be advocates for diversity and inclusion um, across the board.
0: Yeah, I think the moment you start to talk about diversity and inclusion, you have to understand that you're trying to unpack. Um, in my opinion, one of the most controversial subjects, um, period, um, Mm. take a look at society today, whether it's, um, within our country or in another country organizations, it really doesn't matter. Um, diversity, uh, inequalities, um, differences, um, and the like, These are all things that are relatively controversial and, um, you know, they they get people excited and sometimes in the the, the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I I try to do for myself is, you know, understand who I am, uh, what I bring to the table and the fact that there's room for everyone uh, to add and, and, and contribute. I think it's up to each of us to understand, you know, how do we go about the business of assessing where we can fit in and add value and then work work as hard as we can to, you know, to, to do just that. Um, back in the day, diversity was um, very closely connected to race, ethnicity, and gender. Um, I think now organizations are starting to understand that, you know, especially the organizations that are, are selling products, probably makes sense for you to have, you know, a company culture that's representative of at least uh, the country that you, that you uh, are doing business in or the countries that you're doing business in. So that way, you know, you have a population of employees that are creating products that can represent a multitude of races and, and, and backgrounds and what have mm-hmm. you. But the other piece that more sophisticated organizations are are, are getting their uh, their hands around would have to be diversity of, of thought. And, and when I say diversity of thought, it's you have a computer scientist who is now uh, deeply uh, uh, integrated into human resources. And so I think a whole lot I would just have a different perspective than um, some HR professionals who grew up in HR. And so I I, I would say that you can apply the same thing to things to people who have grown up in different environments. And so they have a different perspective and a different mentality uh, as it relates to how they get things done. And I would say to the extent that organizations can figure out how to, you know, extract, harness and apply those differences of opinion, difference of differences of perspective and thought. Um, those are going to be the organizations who win, uh, and win in a, in a in a big way. And it takes courage to do to do that as well.
1: I love that. I think you've also used the word courage several times in this conversation, and I, I love that because you speak to whether it's a um, um, a decision for ourselves or decision for other companies. I mean, they're not these easy. They're the, typically it's not just a really easy scenario, right? Like sometimes it does take. Um, and added um, extra a bit of courage to to navigate some of this and so I just wanted to call that out um, Jason you've uh, you've given us some really really helpful places to start I think that you've you've spoken to the young professional today that maybe is discouraged um, in the role or the coaching they're receiving I think you've spoken to this the young professional that's really loving their role and is curious of how to navigate the next steps um, and you've reminded us that it comes back to when talent, as we think about talent development, it really is. It starts, it starts with us. Right. And, uh, and how we navigate that. Um, it's been, this has been really helpful and, uh, and as you know, we uh, we also like to to get to know our uh, guests on the podcast a little bit more um, outside of even the topic that they're speaking to today. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions. And, and you've done this somewhat throughout the conversation, so I really appreciate that. Um, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to make a shout out. It can be personal or professional, but someone uh, or some people that have been instrumental um, to their career or to their lives. And so I want to give you the opportunity to do that today.
0: Yeah, and uh, I would love to give a lot of people uh, a shout out if if I could, but I'll I'll keep this to uh, kind of the the one shout out uh, requirement that you're giving me, and, and that would have to be my parents. Um, I think without having two loving, nurturing, and uh, I'll say real, and place emphasis on on that word real parents, I just wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now, and I'm certain that I wouldn't have uh, been able to. Uh, navigate what I've been able to navigate in the way that I've been able to do it. Um, you know, my parents are you know two very strong and, and intelligent uh, individuals. Um, started their their lives out you know with their young family at, at young ages, and uh, you know respect respect they they've both been able to um, uh, to be very successful in their own their own careers, and they've devoted. Their time, effort, love, and attention to um, to to myself and and my brothers, and um, <laughs> if you had a chance to meet any of them, I, I think you would say that you know my parents did a fantastic job. So um, I love them with all my heart. They're my they're my real life heroes, and 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 I mean that. So uh, yeah, this is uh, my shout out, and I, and I, it would it would go to them. So
1: oh, I love it. I love it. I hope they get to hear this episode. I'm sure that they would be beaming, you know, hearing you like walk through these things and these stories. I I know they're proud. Um, Jason, why don't you also share with us today something that's been a game changer? You've shared some of those throughout the conversation today around talent development, but what's something it could be an item, an app? An interview, an article, a conversation, anything across the board that um, kind of sent your life in a in a different direction, and then you know became a game changer for you.
0: Listen, I, I would love to talk about an app or a process, and and not say what I'm getting ready to say because I've said it a lot in this conversation, but um, I'm trying to do that on purpose. <laughs> I would say it's it's about relying on your ability to be courageous. Um, if I had a dollar for every time that I Question a decision, or spoke up with regards to uh, my own development, or uh, raised my hand for an opportunity opportunity that perhaps I wasn't necessarily one hundred percent prepared to do. I probably wouldn't have to work. I mean, my life has been about taking calculated risks and uh, better understanding why. So seeking to understand and you know doing my best to uh, add as much value as possible. So. When I think about what has changed the game for me, (laughs) it's been about you know facing fears and doing so in in a manner that um, you know I can be proud of and hopefully teach other people um, uh, to do to do the same. And so uh, the courage piece I don't think is uh, spoken about nearly enough, uh, whether we're talking professional or personal uh, settings. And so to the extent that you can develop that particular um, what I would call leadership trait or leadership behavior. I think that it would pay. I I, I know it would because I'm I'm reaping the benefits of it. I I just know it to to pay huge dividends. Um, So that's what I would call out, Kirby.
1: I love it. I can't think of a better way to end our, our conversation today. I also can't think of a better way to summarize the practical nuggets of information or ideas that you gave us. They were all themed with courage, and and you can start with some of those. Um, I don't want to call them small, uh, but you can start with some of those uh, pretty immediate examples that Jason shared with us today. And with that, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit more about your story and um, and and what you've learned so far.
0: Yeah, and and I want to say thank you to you, and also just encourage you to continue to do uh, what it is that you're doing, Kirby. So. Mm-hmm.